Thank you, guys. And when Dad asked me, I was thinking about, honestly, what, what an honor that it is to be able to have this opportunity. And that's because I know that it makes my dad happy when he sees me walking in the things that God has for me. Amen. It's a, it's a joy that he has within, within himself when he sees that in me. And as I thought about that, I thought about how much more does our Heavenly Father get that same joy when he sees us doing and walking out the things that he has for us. Yes, amen. It's so much bigger than we could ever imagine. Amen. And I have a wonderful earthly father. I do. Mm-hmm. And he is an example of a heavenly father to me. And that's because he is learning from his heavenly father. He's not trying to do this all on his own. And God doesn't want us to do things in our life all on our own. He wants us to follow after him. So if you want to be the best in your life that you can be, you have got to learn from the best in your life. So before I get started, I want to pray real quick. Lord, I thank you for bringing us all here today, Lord. Just as we sang today, open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. I pray that you will open everyone's heart to see you as you would have them see you. And Lord, let me be a mouthpiece to be able to share your love for your people. And I thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Now, when I talk about our Heavenly Father and earthly fathers, if if you didn't have a good example of an earthly father, it may be a little harder for you to, to understand this parallel. But God loves you just the same. And he wants you to see these things. So just as if you have children, you know this, just as we as parents, we want good things for our children. We want good things. And the Father, God, he wants good things for us. Is that a simple enough concept to understand? I mean, even if you don't have children, you have nieces or nephews or people that you love in your life, you you obviously want good things for them. You don't want bad things to happen for them. Think about it that same way. How much more does God want for his children? If you're turning Matthew, bear with me today because I do have several several different verses um, at different times. But the first one is Matthew 7, 11. I'm going to be reading in the Passion Translation this morning. It says, if you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your Heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask him? How much more? In that verse it says, he wants to give you wonderful gifts But if you look at the very end, it said, to those who ask him. And I never really thought about it that much before. Are you asking God for good gifts in your life? James 4.2. The King James Version says, you have not because you ask not. But the Passion Translation reads it this way. It says, you jealously want what others have. So you begin to see yourselves as better than others. You scheme with envy and harm others to selfishly obtain what you crave. And that's why you quarrel and fight. 
And all of the time, you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. How many times do we try to obtain things in the natural? We go after what we want in the way that we want to do it instead of trusting God and asking him for those things that he wants for us in our lives. Because he wants us to be living in the blessings of God. That is what he wants for his children. I think so many times we don't think we deserve it or maybe we just don't completely understand what he wants for us. But he wants us to live in those blessings on a day-to-day -day basis. This isn't a one-time thing. He just doesn't want to give you a miracle one day and never do anything for you again. He wants to bless you every single day of your life over and over and over again. Because God doesn't just have love. God is love. Amen. And I know you've heard Dad say that before. He doesn't just have love. He is love. And what better way to learn about love than in 1 Corinthians? That's what we call the love chapter. It's 1 Corinthians 13. Verse, I'm going to read verse 4, and I'm also going to read verse 7 and 8. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Amen. You see, God's love is perfect. And that's why it should be a model for us of how we want to love Amen. and how we want to live our lives. Now, if you were here a few weeks ago or you listened to my message on the podcast, I talked about the seed of God being planted inside of you because he is trying to recreate himself inside of us because seeds reproduce after their own kind. So God is trying to reproduce himself inside of you. And what did we just determine? God doesn't just have love. He is love. Amen. So he's trying to recreate love inside of you. It's a continual cycle. He wants that because God is love and his love never fails. So whenever you're operating in him, you don't have to worry about failing. And if you want to guarantee yourself success in this life, then you need to get on the same page with God. Amen. Because he tells us in his word that his love never fails. And if his love is operating in you, that means you can't fail. Amen. As long as you are operating in him. Amen. But the key is that you've got to have a solid foundation. Because without a solid foundation, you won't have the confidence to stand in your life. Now, I just spoke this to someone just the other day. I was making a statement, and I was totally speaking from a natural sense when I said it. But I got to thinking, you know, it's the same exact way in our spiritual life. Because if we are not completely convinced of what God has for us, you will never have the confidence to go after it. You'll never have the confidence. Think about it this way. Have you ever walked across a rope bridge or a balance beam or on uneven rocks? Has anyone ever done any of those things? Yeah. Well, we went um, ziplining. Ziplining a couple of months ago, Curtis and I did. 
And to get to where we were going to zip line across the mountain, we had to cross a rope bridge. Now, the guy that was with us, he thought it would be kind of funny to like kind of shake it a little bit while you were on there. So you have a tendency, it's already wobbly, mm -hmm. and you have a tendency to shoot your hands out like this, you know, to try to keep your balance and steady yourself because you're not on steady ground. It's the same way when you're walking on rocks or a balance beam. We try to balance ourselves so that we don't fall. But if you're standing on solid ground, you feel steady, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So a lot of times that instinct is to automatically balance us. But if we keep ourselves planted with solid ground under our feet, we will automatically feel steady. We won't have to try to balance ourselves because we will remain at a balanced state all of the time. Amen. So think about it that way. If you are unsure of your footing or where you stand in God and what belongs to you as his child, you're going to falter every single time. Amen. So many times we wonder in life, you know, why am I failing at this? Why, why is this not happening for me? You see it happening for somebody else and you're like, why isn't it working for me? Where is your foundation at? Amen. Where's your foundation at? Because if you don't know what you're standing on, you will never have the confidence to stay. Now, this is very important. And God is wanting you to grab a hold of it. Yes. He is. He, he put that on my heart. He is wanting us to take a hold of the things that he has for us. Because if we're going to be successful in life, that is the only way that that's going to happen. We have got to grab a hold of the things that he has for us. And we've got to make sure that we're standing on a firm foundation Amen. in him in order to accomplish those things. Romans 8, 35, 37, and 38. It says... Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Can trouble or problems or persecution separate us from his love? If we have no food or clothes or face danger or even death, what will separate us from his love? But in all those things, troubles we have, complete victory through God who has shown his love for us. Yes, I am sure that nothing can separate us from God's love. Not death, life, angels, or ruling spirits. I am sure that nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above or below us, nothing in the whole created world will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. Because God has shown us this love in Christ Jesus our Lord. That verse right there, or those verses, that guarantees us that we can be secure in our relationship with God. Because nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And if you're not secure in your relationship with God, you don't have anything to stand on. You've got to know where you're at. You've got to understand his love for you and what he wants for you in order to trust that he has good things for you. 
And no matter what you've done or what you do, God will never stop loving you. And I think a lot of times we forget that because it's easy to get stuck in our heads and be like, I don't, I don't deserve that. I believe that God could do it for somebody else, but he doesn't really want to do it for me. And that's a lie from the devil. Because God wants good things for you. Nothing you can do, ever do in your life, can separate you from his love. He loves you that much. Amen. And when you believe that, no matter what you do or have done, that he will never stop loving you, it gives you a confidence within yourself. You have a knowing that it doesn't matter. He loves you regardless. Amen. Ephesians 3, verse 17, 18, and 19. says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, we hear these verses every Sunday. This is something Dad repeats on a regular basis. But God wants us to grab a hold of what he's telling us in his word. Amen. Because the love of Christ is so much bigger than we can understand with our natural minds. Amen. Because we can only see what's in front of us. Physically, that's all we can see. But Christ dwells in our hearts by faith. So I want you to think about it kind of like wearing faith goggles. Have you ever got... Um, for those of you that wear glasses, do you remember the first time that you got glasses? Or if you haven't ever worn glasses, then have you ever put on like 3D glasses? Or possibly looked through binoculars? It totally changes your perspective, right? I remember when I first got, I was in eighth grade and I got my glasses. And I put them on and I was like, whoa. Like, I could see all those leaves on the trees out there and all the words on the signs. Like, I mean, it was just a whole different, like, I could see before. Well, I thought that I could see, but I couldn't really see everything that was available for me to see. Amen. And it's the same way with God. In our natural mind, in our natural eyes, we can't see everything that God has for us. But when we're seeing through God's eyes, or the eyes of faith, it gives us a whole different perspective. And it's so much bigger than we can even think or imagine. Amen. So I want to challenge you. You know, look through eyes of faith when you're looking at situations in your life. Because it helps to see things that way. And the last part of that verse in Ephesians says that he might be filled with all the fullness of God. As I stated before, and I know you've heard, God doesn't just have love. God is love. So if you look back at verse 17, it says that we be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. We hear that all the time. But what that is also saying is that we be rooted and grounded in God. Because God is Amen. love. So I want you to think about Thank you, Lord. you ever notice, you know, like we're, we're in a hurricane area, so I'm sure most of you have seen this at some point in your life. 
when there, we've had a storm and lots and lots of rain and a tree falls down or gets knocked down by the storm and the whole root system and everything comes up with it, not snapped off, but the whole entire root system. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody seen that? That whole root system comes because the ground is so saturated with water at the time that it pulls up the grass and the dirt and everything that's attached to it when it comes. We need to become so rooted and grounded or saturated in the things of God that if something in our life tries to knock us down, that God is still attached. Amen. He's there inside of us. And we're not moved by the things that are going on around us, no matter how they might look in the natural. Because you're going to have things in your life that happen that look bad in the natural. We live in an earthly realm, and the devil is here to steal, to kill, and destroy. We know that. So you're going to have things that come against you in life. The key is knowing how to stand when those things do come against you. You've got to have a solid foothold. You've got to be so rooted and grounded in the things of God that you're not moved by the things that are going on around you. Amen. The winds of life might come and it might sway back and forth a little bit, but you're not moved by anything that comes against you. Remember, we are learning to see things through God's eyes. Yes, Psalms 5, 11 and 12. It says, but let them all be glad. Those who turn aside to hide themselves in you, may they keep shouting for joy forever. Overshadow them in your presence as they sing and rejoice. Then every lover of your name will burst forth with endless joy. Lord, how wonderfully you bless the righteous. Your favor wraps around each one and covers them under the canopy of your, your kindness and joy. You see, God's love is a shield that is surrounding you and keeping you safe. Hallelujah. So if you're going through storms in your life, you need to stop and praise him. Praise him. Because you don't have to fear tomorrow. You don't have to fear tomorrow. You have a security. There's a security that comes with knowing that you're a child of God. And that's part of that firm foundation. You've got to know what being a child of God provides for you. So that you have a foundation to stand on. Isaiah 54, 17. I'm going to read this one from God's Word translation. It says, No weapon that has been made to be used against you will succeed. You will have an answer for anyone who accuses you. This is the inheritance of the Lord's servants. Their victory comes from me, declares the Lord. You know, in the King James Version, it says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. This one just says, no weapon that is used against you will succeed. Nothing that comes against you will able be able to succeed if you're standing on the promises of God. Amen. It doesn't matter what it is. He didn't say at the end of that verse, he didn't say your defeat. He said your victory. Right. Yeah. When I wrote those words down, 
I could hear Phil like in my mind saying, come on. Like I could just hear it just as clear as day. Uh -huh. And, but it's true. You know, I couldn't help but grin at the time. But God is telling us, your victory, your victory, your victory. This isn't about your defeat. It's about your victory. And that's what he wants for you. He wants for me. He wants for every single one of us. He wants us to live a life of victory, not a life of defeat. Amen. And as a child of God, as long as you're standing on the word of God, no weapon formed against you will be able to defeat you. People may say things against you, but they will be proved wrong. Amen. It may not always happen in your time. But God is in control, and he will take care of every situation as long as you stand firm in him. Because he works all things together for our good. Amen. That's Amen. one of his promises. Psalms 36, 5 and 7 of the Passion Translation says, But you, O Lord, your mercy seat love is limitless. Reaching higher than the highest heavens. Thank you, Lord. Your great faithfulness is infinite. Stretching over the whole earth. Your righteousness is unmovable. Just like the mighty mountains. Your judgments are full of wisdom as the oceans are full of water. And your tender care and kindness leave no one forgotten. Not a man or even a mouse. Thank you, Jesus. Oh God. How extravagant is your cherishing love? All mankind can find a hiding place under the shadow of your wings. You see, God loves you. He loves all of us. He has not forgotten us. We are important to him. Now, I'm sure we have all felt hurt or betrayed by someone in our lives at some point. And it makes it hard to open up to others. Because trusting other people is risky. It is. That's just a natural thing. That's something that I have struggled with before. It's hard when you've been hurt to let other people in. Because you don't want to allow yourself to be hurt again. But you don't need to hold back when it comes to your relationship with God. Amen. Because God's love is truly unconditional. Amen. And he's totally trustworthy. We have a solid foundation in him because he will never leave us or betray us. It doesn't matter. His love is never ending. You don't have to worry about him walking out of your life one day. God's love will always be there. He will always be there. And he will never let you down because his word says... His love cannot fail. God's love cannot fail. Have you ever heard the expression, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care? But it's true. People don't really care to listen to what you have to say unless they actually believe that you care about them mm -hmm. when you're saying it. I think a lot of times the same people think or have that same mindset about the things of God. Because they look at God that way when they don't completely understand how great his love is for them and for all of us. Amen. 
Because unless you've experienced it, you might not be able to comprehend how great his love really is. Because it is so vast, it's bigger than anything that we can think or imagine. Mm -hmm. But God loves you just the same. Ephesians 1, 5 and 6, I'm going to read this one from the Passion Translation. It says, for it was always his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. You see, that same love that he has for his son Jesus, he has for us. We are considered his children, just as Jesus is. Thank you. And what's even better is he has chosen to love us. Amen. Thank you. It's a choice that he made. Just like John 3.16 tells us that, the, that God loved us so much that he sacrificed his son for me and you. He gave his only son up for us. Now, if you have children, that's a pretty powerful love. Because I'll be honest, I can't ever imagine sacrificing my son for everybody else, especially some of the people that I know in this world. But God loves us that much, and he's endeavoring to fill us with that kind of love. So that we can share that love with others. Thank you. This is a continual process. It takes daily effort to work this out in our lives. Second Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. This is their easy to read version. It says, the love of Christ controls us because we know that one person died for everyone. So all have died. He died for us so that those who live would not continue to live for themselves. He died for them and was raised from death so that they would live for him. You see, God wants us. His goal is for us to live for him, to die to ourselves and to live for him. That's what it's a, being reborn is all about. Amen. So when we become rooted and grounded in him, and we truly begin to understand his true intentions for us. Because his intentions are to prosper us and not to harm us. That's what his word tells us. So then we begin to allow God's love to change and to grow us into the person that God wants us to be. When we fully trust him, we trust that he loves us and he wants good things for us, then we allow ourselves to start to be changed. Before you give yourself that, that chance, it's easy for us to become hard-hearted and say, we know best. It's easy to do that. But God is trying to raise us up a little bit higher than that. Yeah. Because he knows what's best for us. He knows what's better for us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So he is endeavoring 
that we become so rooted and grounded in him that he can change us and he can begin to recreate himself inside of us, to recreate his love for others inside of us. Because when we have that kind of love, we can make a difference to the people around us. And God has given us the Holy Spirit to help us because he wants us to be filled with his love. He knew that we couldn't do it in our own strength. That's why he sent a comforter, a helper. The Holy Spirit is there to help us become, to communicate with the Father what he has for us. Romans 5, 4 and 5 says, And patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy, because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You see, because God loves us so much, his love for us, when we get filled with it, should overflow into others. Amen. I'm going to read Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And I, this is a Passion Translation, and I really love how this one reads. It says, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Divine love in all of its forms, basically, is what that's saying. It's joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never, the, never let the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. God wants these things to be operating limitlessly in our lives. Limitlessly. And when you fully experience God's love, you don't have anything left to fear. Because fear is not from God. It doesn't come from God. Faith comes from God. And his love supersedes all of that. So if fear is something that you're struggling with in life, your answer is filling yourself with more of God. Amen. Filling yourself with more of God. It's kind of like water displacement. Have you ever had a cup of, could be water or something else in the sink, you stick it under the faucet and you turn it on and just let it run, that water's going to flow into it and it's going to disperse everything that was already in that cup. And it's going to remove it and fill it with what's running in. So if your cup right now is full of fear, you need to disperse that fear with God. Because the more of Him that you put into your life, it will, it will take out everything else that's not supposed to be there and replace it 
with everything that he has for you. It will fill you with his love and his promises and everything that being a child of God provides for you. But we can't, or God can't do that for us. We have to do that for ourselves. We have to fill ourselves. I mean, we can't make you eat if you don't want to eat. We're not going to hold your mouth open and shove stuff down your throat. You've got to want it. You can sit down at the table full of food, but unless you partake of it, you're never going to receive it. And it's the same way with the things of God. We have to accept those things. And when we get ourselves full enough of the things of God, all of those other things that we're struggling with won't be there anymore. Amen. Because the love of God has just replaced every single one. Amen. And one by one, that'll happen. Put it into practice. You may have a lot of things in your life that you're struggling with right now. Start with one. Find one verse that God tells you about one specific thing. Maybe it's dealing with anxiety. We have a lot of things that are happening in the world around us. And if we keep our focus on the things that are going on around us, we can get really depressed really quick. But depression doesn't come from God. Anxiety doesn't come from God. So if that's something you struggle with, find a scripture that applies to that and fill yourself with it continually until that fear is displaced and it's not there anymore. Amen. And then move on to the next thing. Amen. He has so many things that he wants for us. In John 1, 4, and 18, it says, Perfect love expels all fear. The God's Word translation reads it like this. It says, No fear exists where His love is. Rather, perfect love gets rid of fear because fear involves punishment. The person who lives in fear doesn't have perfect love or they just haven't experienced his perfect love or its fullness yet it's here for all of us but we've got to want to receive it we've got to want to apply it in our life so what I want, I want to end with this chase after God build a solid foundation in your own life so that you will have the confidence and the ability to stand against anything that you face in your life. Because his love for you is so much more than you could ever possibly think or imagine. Don't go another day without experiencing it for yourself. Because God wants all of you. He'll take whatever you give him, but he wants all of you. He wants us to stand on a firm foundation. He wants us to be so rooted and grounded in him that whenever something comes against us, we automatically say what he would say. We automatically think what he would think. Because when we think what he thinks and we say what he says, things in our life change. So if you have things in your life that you want to change, and I'm sure that we all do, get 
in line with God. Get in line with his word. And one by one, those things will start to transform in your life. Put it into practice. I promise you will see results. You will. It may not be immediately. Some things take longer than others. Sometimes we have to persevere a little bit more. Sometimes we have to pray a little bit more. Or seek a little bit more. Or better yet, maybe we just need to praise a little bit more. Because God has so many amazing things that he wants for his children. So my challenge to you today is to grab a hold of those things. Grab a hold of the things that God has for you. And start walking in purpose in your life. Because God has a purpose for each and every one of us. I just told um, the ones that were here, I think it was last Wednesday night. I have a sign that's in my office. It says your purpose is greater than you are. It's about the people that you've been called to impact. There's people in your life that I may never see that you may be able to impact in a way that I never could. But in turn, there's people in my life that I am able to impact in a way that you never could. God places us in certain positions for certain reasons for certain times in our life. But if we're not operating in the fullness of him and what he has for us, not only are we missing out, but the people that are around us are missing out on things that God has for them because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. You guys, that's deep. We're going to be held accountable for us. And God loves us so much, he's not stomping us down when we miss it. He's pulling us up. He's reaching down and saying, listen, I have this for you. Please reach out and take a hold of it. This is yours. I want you to walk in this. Because when you learn to walk in this, you are in a position to teach others how to walk with you. And that's what God wants us to have in our lives. He wants us to be able to walk in the things that he has for us. So that not only will it make a difference in our lives, it'll make a difference in the lives of those we encounter every day. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you've allowed me to minister your heart to the people here today. Lord, that they will understand the fullness of your love. Lord, that they will seek after you in a way that they never have before. Because your love truly does expel all fear. And I thank you, Father, for everything that you provide for us. Lord, I thank you for sending your son, for loving us enough to send your son to die for us so that we can live forever with you and in you and through you. In Jesus' name. Hold on, everybody. That was some good word. I've heard her preach, but I haven't heard her preach in person. And you wanted to cry, you wanted to praise God at the same time, or I wanted to cry, I wanted to praise God at the same time because it was such a good, deep word. And uh, I thank God for her. 
I'm so, so proud of you, baby girl. Um, 